You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast, episode 122, The Jungle Book. Bakira! Doobie doobie doo. Well, it's a doobity doo. I mean a doobity doo. I mean a doobie 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 doo. doo. Edwin. Oh, hey everybody! Welcome to the uh, to the Animation X podcast. Hold on, hold on. My own video is playing. Sorry, too many monitors at once. Okay. <laughs> welcome, welcome everyone to the Animation X podcast with the Rotoscopers. Yo soy Mason and Yo soy Texas. And uh, <laughs> I will be your host for today. We have a super awesome episode. And I am joined, as always, by my awesome and lovely and wonderful and flawless co hosts, Chelsea and Morgan. Say hello. Hello. Hello there. Flawless. Absolutely. With flaws. Flawless <laughs> with flaws. Right. <laughs> So uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time, then welcome. If this is uh, if you're a repeat offender, then welcome back. You are with friends. Um, think of the show as uh, well. First of all, we love animation. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. We love it. And uh, think of us as your three uh, nerdy and highly attractive friends who really love animation. And we sit around and we talk about our what we love about animation, and we review animated films for better or worse. And I think we have one of the better uh, Disney classic animated films um, that we're going to talk about today. That is Der Dschungelbach, The Jungle Book, 1967. Classic. I Oh my goodness. I grew up watching this so much. No kidding. I th there was a point in my life when I was obsessed with Robin Hood in this movie. I wanted to watch the most <laughs> hilarious uh, Disney f uh, animated films, and these were them. I approve. And one reason we decided to do this was because our Roto Council made an executive decision oh. that we were going to skip Ratchet and Clank. And I do actually feel pretty bad about not reviewing Ratchet and Clank because, I mean, it was theatrically released and that was one of the things that we agreed upon that we would review the new ones. But uh, this kind of was too. <laughs> yeah, yes, we... We had to choose, and I'm sure we'll get to it at one point in time. So, in the meantime, you got a double feature. So, not only did we make it up to you, but we're doing it twice. So, we're reviewing wow. The Jungle Book and The Jungle Book. And we'll probably talk about The Jungle Book. Uh, oh, it's, can we talk about The Jungle Book too? And The Jungle Book too. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen that. Our main discussion this day, in case you had your computer or podcast on mute for the past few minutes, it is the 1987 animated, no, 1967 animated classic, yeah. The Jungle Book. <laughs> Der Jungle Book. I am so happy. This was uh, done 
by Walt Disney Animation Studios, obviously. Directors were Wolfgang Reitherman and Wolfie. Or Wooly. Ah, <laughs> oh, Wolfie. And yeah, it's just it's just so good. So what are your first thoughts about this film? I think a lot of us, the three of us, grew up watching this on VHS. Yeah. Oh, uh, for yes. Yeah, absolutely. This is not the most well-crafted Disney animated film. This was the age of Xerox and, uh, uh, you know, before the uh, Renaissance. But that doesn't mean that it's not one of the most fun Disney animated classics ever. Like, the song, I mean, the, the film is just one big party. <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that, yeah. I mean, you've got the songs, you've got all these, like, funny crazy zany characters and you've got you know the beautiful colors and the artwork and the background paintings and um you know a little recycled animation but that's okay and then you've got some of the most like fun (laughs) iconic characters um ever you know you've got um you've got baloo and you've got shir khan you've got bagheera bagheera and uh you've got um the vultures and um i don't know who are your favorite characters Oh, now that you say the vultures, all I can think of are them. Yeah. I love Mowgli. I Mowgli's think Mowgli's Mowgli. a cute little character, and who doesn't love Baloo and Bagheera? Those three are the best to be. Here's a cool thing. <laughs> um, when I have a soundboard, so I have I have three sound effects of just Baloo saying. Sin has gadgets and gizmos of plenty, so get ready yes. for future podcasts. You never know. <laughs> That's got that fantastic all day. back end on that one. Yeah. Um, one f- cool thing is the the voice of Mowgli was actually the son of Wolfgang Reitherman. Oh, you, little Wolfie. Did you know that? We when Morgan and I went to um, D23, it was um, it was the expo. No, we didn't go to the expo. It was the Destination was, D. Yeah, Destination D. Several years ago, he was one of he was on a panel of different voice actors from the golden age of animation, or hmm. at least this age of animation. And um, it was just really cool because he was just like, that's the only thing he's ever done. And he's like, yeah, it was just my dad just wanted me to do it one day. So I was like, all right. You know, he really wasn't that bad. Mowgli's he did a great job. Pretty, he's pretty tolerable in this film. <laughs> Yeah. You know what's so, what, another thing that's so great is the music. Like, this is one of those Disney classic uh, musical formats. And uh, for me, the as soon, as soon as the score hits, like, it's just so, it's got this really agreeable, very smooth, like, jazzy flow to it. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, oh yeah. Love. Yeah. The... And, and they used the same score at the beginning for the, the recent version. And I thought that was one of the coolest things at the, the beginning of this new version is that yeah, for the most part, it was a different score, but from the very beginning, they let you know, okay, we're going to tie it in a little bit from just that, like, sultry, like, you almost imagine a snake, that, that initial... <laughs> and I loved there's, there's it, somebody on a There's somebody on an oboe back there just, like, rocking it, you know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um... This was actually one of the films that, just a little backstory if you don't know, The Jungle Book is based on an actual book called The Jungle Book. Rudyard uh, Kipling, a, man. There are quite a few that he did, and um, 
yes, it takes bits and pieces of it. Obviously, Disney took a lot of liberty with the characters and different storylines and plots and whatnot, but that's okay. That's what Disney does best. This was actually the first film that was released after Walt Disney had passed away. He died in 1966. He was right. somewhat involved in this film, but not as much as previous films, obviously. So, um, And then this is right in the beginning part of the Xerox era, which we talked about <laughs> in our review of 101 Dalmatians, where they started... Uh, taking the cells and to save time, they would Xerox them to, you know, create the actual line drawing. And I just love this era of animation. It's not necessarily the, the grandest of all time, but it just has such a unique, really cool look about it mm. in the way that it's drawn. So I uh, love this film. Yeah, yeah. And another reason why this is one of the greats in my eyes is because... Um, You've got right there in the opening credits, you got your directing animators are Milt Call, Ollie Johnston, and Frank Thomas. I mean, come on, folks. <laughs> and um and I got a story about that. I um I recently uh, for Christmas my uh my mom gave me a copy of Richard Williams's uh animator survival kit. And in the introduction it talks about um uh well it talks about uh, Dick Williams's uh early experience being exposed to Disney animation. So he had, um, he came into Jungle Book in 1967 in the theater to watch it. And um, he thought it was kind of, you know, uh, kind of generic at first. It was like, oh, okay, we got this, we got this. But uh, when he saw what they could do with the animal characters and how lifelike they were, of course, this is the work of the nine old men at Disney, you know, these amazing animation masters. He saw uh, Sheer Khan who, who he quotes, he says it in the book that he's like, I could tell that this tiger weighed 800 pounds. And it even, it even looked like his voice actor and he was just processing all this. And then he said in that moment, he realized that animation um, could be an art form and that, um, and he, uh, he didn't think that any studio could ever approach what Disney um, could accomplish with this film. And at that moment, he knew he wanted to learn everything he could about this medium. And, of course, Dick Williams went on to um, to do uh, The Thief and the Cobbler, which is a super epic animated film, if not unfinished, that everyone should expose themselves to eventually. And then um, the uh, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit being the director for animation for that film. And so just that the, the, the power and the skill that the Nine Old Men had to... Um, and they were really friendly to Richard Williams. They liked his animation work. Um, at that time and and he would come and visit the studio every once in a while to um, and and he would, and Richard Williams would come in with a huge list of in well-informed well-researched questions and they would answer them and he would write down their answers and study them and that says a lot about the drive to be great in the world of animation to really learn what you can from the masters and Richard Williams is, is still alive today and I think he still gives classes at uh, Cal Arts. But anyway, cool story, bro. Cool story, man. I like it. <laughs> man, yep, there's yep. just so many good things about this movie. I think one of the first things I remember is the voice of Bagheera. He's got such a cool... Soothing... Exactly. He's got this like cool, soothing voice that just kind of, well, you know, I do all this, and I do all this, and, da, da, da. and I, I don't know serious. why, but I just liked him. Yeah, it was just you like, know, yes, tell me the story, Bagheera. <laughs> Bagheera! <laughs> we 
Segura's voice actor was done by Sebastian Cabot. He was an actor at the time. He had done quite a lot of things. Um, but, you know, is, also, is well known for being Bagheera. He's also the narrator of the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. So, ah, that's right. Yes. Such that's a right. lovely voice for that. Um, I personally love the line, it was a man cub. Had I known how deeply I was to be involved, I would have obeyed my first impulse and walked away. From that moment, I knew I loved Bagheera. <laughs> he, knows how to make, he knows how to make the hard decisions, you know. <laughs> I can't wait to call and, all my kids man, my man cub. Oh my gosh, that line is so great, man cub, man, man cub. cub. I, man I, cub. I swear on the rotoscopers that my child, my child's nickname will be man cub if it's a boy. <laughs> I will campaign so hard. Man cub. But yeah, and just the the beginning. Uh, what I love so much about the Jungle Book is that it is a simple premise, and that premise is man cannot stay in the jungle. Mm-hmm. There is a law. I, I don't know what it is about this film, but I just love the law in it, you know? It's not trying to make this, this like, kind of sappy commentary on today's society, or it's not trying to, like, change the world. It's just trying to say, here's a story of a boy who was supposed to meet leave the jungle, but he didn't, and here's the trouble he got into, and here's all the people that had to deal with him. <laughs> I mean, Bagheera is very, very long-suffering with Mowgli in this film. But mm-hmm. I, I love it. From the beginning, it establishes that there is an order to this jungle and that the animals have a, a society, a civilization. And, like, who, you know, of course, anyone who is in Cub Scouts knows all about Aquila and the law of the pack, you know? <laughs> Yeah, Tell us. No, I was well, not in Cub okay, Scouts. <laughs> I was not a Tiger Scout, but I was a Wolf Scout, a Bobcat, a Wolf, and a Weebolo, or a Bobcat, Wolf, Bear, and a Weebolo, which is not an animal. It's a, a per, you know, a, anyway. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so the um, logic. right, and and I know that the law of jungle is in the Kipling novel. Like I, I'm just uh, going uh, going by Esther's chat remarks here, and um. In, in Cub Scouts, you have your Cub Scout manual, and it shows you all your activities that you're going to do to advance in the in the ranks of Cub Scouts. But at the beginning, it kind of gives a context to the attitude of the Cub Scouts, and they're all taken from Rudyard Kipling's you know um, stories or lore about Mowgli. And the first one establishes Aquila and the Law of the Pack. And while the Law of the Pack in Cub Scouts is not as awesome as the Law of the Pack in the new Jungle Book live-action movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, I got a story about that. Um, after we watched it, um, uh, Sh- Shannon and I teach Sunday school, and sometimes they have um, reverence problems. And uh, we uh, we what established we established what, yeah. What the, age group is this? Uh, Twelve through fourteen year olds. So. Okay. They're pretty much little monsters. But anyway, we wrote down three rules, and they were about respecting uh, church property ourselves and, you know, respecting the the spirit of learning, you know. And um, I began the class with, this is the law of the pack, as old and true as a sky. The wolf that keeps it will live. The wolf that breaks it will die. <laughs> and only one kid got it because he had seen the movie before that. But uh <laughs> But anyway, ever. I am the worst teacher ever. No, <laughs> no coolest. kids died. No kids died that day, though. But, but anyway, <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I love the beginning. It establishes like I am Bagheera, you know, and I, um, I have this job to do. 
and I have this job to do. I had I had pity on Mowgli, and so I am bound by this law to keep him safe. And so I fed him. I, I gave him to these wolves. Did not feed him. I love when he walks up to the basket and like nudges it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, you know, nothing uh, that like, is uh, my ex- that is definitely my face every time I hear a kid cry. I'm like, oh crap! <laughs> and nothing like the good old um, recycled animation from 101 Dalmatians and the Sword of the Stone, <laughs> with the uh, you know the the come on dogs and they lick his face, you know all that stuff. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah, and then it was a um, rough time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and then the 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 concept of a pack meeting is all based on Aquila, you know, in Cub Scouts on Aquila and in his thing, so. And then um, I love just Bagheera and Mowgli's relationship um, where he's like, Mowgli and I have taken many walks together in the jungle. I'm sure he'll come with me. I'm like, famous last words. <laughs> if you only knew how much crap you were about to wade through in the course of this hour and a half. But anyway. <laughs> Poor Bagheera. He's so long-suffering. He's so, yeah, he is. He's a good leader. He's... Long-suffering is a great word to describe him. He's patient. He's kind. He, you know, he he does not put up with junk, you know. So he does put, put his foot down. But yes, yeah. we're at we're at that that point in the in the show. If you do it a couple more times, it's going to get annoying. But right That's after that, I'm gonna drive right it to after the that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, I might as well just get it out here. Bagheera. <laughs> anyway. I can just do this. I, I haven't done the big one. Anyway, I'll, I'll surprise you guys. I'll do it like yes, two or yes, three more and I'll surprise you guys with the soundbite. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So a couple things that I remember growing up with this movie is definitely the music is the main one that, I mean, even just the score, the score is so great. We've already talked about it. And then all of the songs that have words. I remember specifically one time when Morgan and I, we were in this like walk around, like, I don't know, walk for the cure type thing at, like our high school and walking for the cure come on well it was like basically they you walked around the track all night long and so you had somebody on your team walking all night long and so morgan and i took our turns and we were for about a half hour we walked around singing disney songs of course what else are we going to do and so we're singing this uh we're singing uh, i want to be like you hoo hoo over and over and over (laughs) And I just, I remember I lost my voice for like two months after that. Wow. <laughs> it was... From from I Want to Be Like You, huh? Yes. That the was... whole uh... song, I will mind you. It, even the parts, especially the parts, hey. especially <laughs> does his own... But you know, okay... Right off the bat, we get introduced to a really creepy character in the Jungle Book, and that is Ka. Okay, yes. the 1967 version, you see Ka come up, just close your eyes and imagine a really sinister Winnie the Pooh. Mm. <laughs> Look me in the eyes when I'm talking to you. <laughs> you have just sealed it. your doom. All the way. <laughs> oh, Anyway, listening to Jim Cummings say random um, random movie lines in the voice of Winnie the Pooh is pretty hilarious. Look it up. It is. Yeah, it, the- he's brilliant. He's brilliant animation. Like when he like he he's got a gnat in his tail and he, he gets all scrunched up and he kind of shimmies away. Yeah. Like that's a pretty hard walk cycle to do. 
speaking of recycled animation, we see Ska basically twice, and twice they reuse quite a bit of the animation for that. He basically, never learns. The entire uh, him getting looped up and you know destroyed and squished, they just did. They animated once, copied twice. <laughs> hey, it's it's all the rule of threes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so. I guess just to kind of make a general statement about the film, who are your top three char- favorite characters in The Jungle Book? I told you. Mowgli, Bagheera. Oh, that's right. And Baloo. Mowgli, Bagheera, and Baloo. Okay, what was yours again, Chelsea? The, I mean, man, you just you look at Shere Khan, and you're just like, you are <laughs> devilish. He and loves being bad, doesn't he? He does, and I think that one, he was a great character, and a great character to, like just dig into I, I really like him um and then also i mean i gotta love the um the vultures the vultures one of the best songs in animation ever Aww. and i wish our audio could all sync really well because then we could do the different parts of the song you know they're like a <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> that's what friends and I won't even attempt it because Shere Khan wins the award of lowest note song in a Disney Ever. film. Yes. And, and then, so those, those I count them all as one. Um, and then the third would definitely be Bagheera. Bagheera, huh? Yeah. Bagheera! Oh, you heard. <laughs> but anyway, um, okay, so of course I love Bagheera. Don't worry, I won't do it. Um, I am in love with King Louis. Louis Prima just takes that role away. And then um, my my third, you know, lower tier um, favorite uh, character is Colonel Hathi. <laughs> Dusty muzzle. Soldier, remember him. Remember in battle, that trunk can save your life. <laughs> Let's keep that haircut regulation. <laughs> that whole scene is... So it's comedic gold. I I love that scene. I could quote that scene. Um, I understand. We'll talk about the actual film. I'm putting in a transfer for a next. Putting in a transfer <laughs> to the next bird. To the herd. Since Winifred will go, an elephant never forgets. If you look at Colonel Hathi, his animation is super rough draftsmanship. Like his lines are all over the place. You know, these were definitely the Xerox days for sure. But um. You know, you know, contrast that with like Mowgli or Bagheera. You know, obviously they maybe they didn't have time to clean up the animation, but I just love how Colonel Hathi is just this caricature of like the the pompous, boisterous windbag to quote <laughs> Sleeping Beauty, um, and is like it was then when I uh, received the Medal of Honor for going above and beyond the line of duty. Ah, ah, ah those were the days. Discipline, <laughs> discipline was the thing. And she's like, oh great, the. The, the Queen's Cross of Valor story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I like about this film is that and compared to the new film, uh, and it's, it's hard because I want to compare the two because it's like there's scenes that are, you know, scene for scene exactly the same. This is not in the new film, but I do like how it's really this journey of Mowgli through the jungle and every new location he's meeting a new animal species, uh, which is very different from this new, the new, Jungle Book, where it, there's much more of a community and where you can tell that, yes, they've met each other. He's seen an elephant before. He's done this before. Well, I guess, except for that. He, maybe maybe not. not the elephants. Maybe yeah, not maybe. the elephants, but he's seen a water buffalo before. He's seen all these other different sorts of animals. Um, 
I also uh, love that they're a lot less antagonistic in the live action movie. They're like, is that a man cub? Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep your distance, kids. But in this one, they're like, oh, I won't have a man cub in my jungle. You know, it's like, why not? I think that was the difference between how um, Shere Khan was in this film versus the new film. In the new film, he's more, uh, he he finds out that Mowgli is a threat and then it becomes a big deal. But in the other one, I think he had always had this vendetta against humans for some reason. And it it was just known Mm-hmm. For probably years that you, there are no humans in the jungle. This is no. this is how you set up a character. He hates man. Well, I think there's. That's it. Yeah. Well, I I kind of saw it growing up. I never really like put it into words, but I think I saw it as you know he was with man there. He's no longer king of the jungle. He's no longer the the top dog. You know, top cat. Oh yeah, because um, now he's competing with another hunter with a gun. Right, and so he's. Yes. So, yeah. So that's that's what I always saw is somebody that is like, I can't have this because you're going to grow up to be more powerful than me and a threat to me personally. So, no. I like it. Nip it in the bud. Yeah. Yeah. And then shortly thereafter, we're introduced to Baloo. (laughs) Phil Harris, uh, the best. Not a fan of. The best influence on a kid ever. And he has the best lines in the whole movie. Okay. Yeah. I, I tend to be a, a, a kind of a confident person. Um, I have learned the most about confidence from Baloo and Thomas O'Malley than any other person or character under the sun. And so it's all, it's all Phil. Um, it's Philip Harris, right? Phil yeah, Harris. Phil Harris. Yeah. And I just love how he talks. I just love how he has his, his own way of speaking and his own way of seeing the world. You know, you better believe it. That's one of my, my most used lines. I like the, uh, hey, that's pretty big talk, little britches. <laughs> I just love him to death, man. I mean, who doesn't like Baloo? He's the real hero of this film. No one likes Mowgli. All so Mowgli does boring. is complain. <laughs> I like you Mowgli. Know what? I think he's cute. This is the big question of the film. When Mowgli grows up, what is he is like it does he just kind of grow out of that loincloth? Does he just Where did upgrade he get the to a better cloth? one? Well, it was you the, know, it Bagheera was, the, was like the ra- it was the blanket or whatnot that he was wrapped in. Oh, yeah. that's right. All I all I know is that what's going to happen to that thing when he you know, when he gets old, you know. Hey, there's nothing wrong with Roman free like the animals. <laughs> I guess there's not. As Zootopia t- taught no, us to so be open-minded about making white, animals. He definitely has a white blanket, so I'm just assuming it was the clothes that were underneath the blanket that we can't see. Okay, there let's, you go. Just, let's put it there. Now it's canon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then we and then we get the bare necessities, which is amazing. The best you know? song in the whole film. Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Yeah, it's so good. Forget about your worries and your strife. Yeah, man. So the songs in the film were done by the Sherman Brothers. The score right. was done by George Bruns, who you might know from Hunter and Dalmatians. He did a lot of these early Disney films, I guess. And but the the Sherman Brothers, Richard Sherman and Robert Sherman, they this was definitely part of you know their heyday. They had done quite a few movies. Um, Mary Poppins probably their most popular, but. There are some songs from Mary Poppins that were put in this uh, cause song. Trust in Me was actually a song that was written uh, for Mary Poppins. wasn't used, but they ended up using the melody. And just wasn't it something like Land of Sand or something yeah. like that? It was more of like a lullaby to put the children to sleep. 
to lull so. the children into false security. <laughs> so, yes. You get I like it. I like it. So what's your favorite... Favorite, favorite classics? Okay, more favorites. What is your favorite song of the film? We're your friends. We're and your friends. You're to the outside. And, and when you're outside looking in, who's there to open the door? That's not my favorite song. My favorite song is probably. Um, I want to be like. Not. I want to. Uh, not. I want to be like you. Um, Bare Necessities? No, yeah. I want to be like you. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is my yeah. favorite. I absolutely love I Want to Be Like You. So two points for that. Oh, Although I thought you we were are friends. My own home. <laughs> oh, no. Mother's own home. <laughs> Mother's hunting in the forest. <laughs> Mother's cooking in the home. <laughs> Way to establish gender roles, lady. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get your hands on your hips. Now listen here. Um, but uh, who knows? Mo- maybe Mowgli can cook. I mean, he's been eating ants. But um, but yeah, that one's a pretty good one. It's got this. Uh, it's got this good, good vibe to it, you know. And then um, there's uh, oh, there's Cause song, Trust in Me, which I don't, I don't, not really my uh, my cup of tea. And then I love the. Uh, the morning march out, you know, the, what is, what does he call? What does he call it? Hurdle Heidi's march. Yeah. But what is, what does Bagheera call it? The, the morning drills or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, but yeah, um, let's see. Yeah, definitely King Louis song. I mean, it has the best action and the best, the best, like funny stuff happening. And it oh, all, all sorts of stuff happening. It all falls Major apart suspense. Literally. It's a huge spectacle. <laughs> And, and Louis pretty much just kills it. Like, yes. Like, they found, they made a character, and, like, the what I love about this whole sequence is that they found a character who matches Baloo in terms of craziness. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's why Baloo loves him so much. He's, Bagheera's like, all right, we need to go over a plan of attack, so I will flank them on the left, and you distract them. <laughs> Are you listening to me? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, ooh, I gotta feel that. Like, All right, I'm gone, solid gone. <laughs> Not yet, Baloo. <laughs> hey, a drop top, don't it? And yeah. he just smacks Bakira in the face with the door. It's great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bapapote, habadibadabadaro. Oh, can we start in the comparisons between the two movies right now? Because man. Well, we I'm really already. can't. We really can't. We lest we forget the first live-action Disney adaptation of the Jungle Book, which oh, was in 1994. Yeah. I don't remember much of it besides it was just really scary. I and loved Mowgli that one. Mowgli didn't really talk to the animals. They they just kind of had an understanding, you know. Yeah. Which I got. <laughs> it, was, it was like at the end of Jurassic World, where the guys like to the Velociraptor, and the Velociraptor's like, <sighs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, bro, you're cool with me. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's how Mowgli is, and, and uh, there's a lot of like martial arts and stuff going on. And the the ending is is scary, you know how Ka is is in that water, that murky water yeah. in that temple at the end. Ooh, Ooh that I one's shiver. such a good movie. I I go back and watch that one just because, and it's just great. This is Law of the Jungle: Kill only to be only to eat or to keep from being eaten. It's a good one. Yeah. And what's great about the live-action adaptation is 
um, they made that a part of Shere Khan's character without like making it too deep. Like one thing, like I'm going to pick on Maleficent. I, I think they, they focus too much on her tragic backstory to make the character interesting, but in doing so they made the real, the character from Sleeping Beauty less evil because they gave her this like tragic backstory. And I don't like that. I like simple characters. And what I liked about the new 2016 adaptation is that a Shere Khan is scary. Like mm-hmm. he is brutal. Like just his, his, his facial expression and his scar and Idris Elba's voice is very hypnotic and, um, and stuff, but he hates man and um, they mentioned that he kills for pleasure. He breaks the law of the jungle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about that. It's like they don't try to make Shere Khan like, oh, he was... The, can you imagine? Like, they, they go to this, like, really sappy cutscene flashback of him being a proud father tiger and having his own cubs. And <laughs> they loved each other. And then evil man came <laughs> and wanted, a new, wanted a, new, a new pair of tiger skin boots or whatever they wear out there. And decided to slaughter the whole family, and that that drove Shere Khan to hate man. It's all man's fault, man, man, man. You know, and you know, I really think that Disney already played the "it's all man's fault" in the Maleficent, and so I'm really <laughs> glad they kept Shere Khan simple, and um, and and expanded his character in a way that made him more frightening and more intimidating and more evil. And that's how you do it. If, if, if I can part with my expert, uh, you know, animation advice to Disney, you know? So one thing that I, the differences I saw between the films. So where the 1967 version, it took a much simpler storyline for the sake of humor and, you know, that to kind of push those funny elements you know, and songs. There were a lot more songs. So they had to make room for that. While the 2016 version, it was less comical, and they made which and less songs, uh, and they made much more room for a little bit more character development and backstory development, which I appreciated because I went into yeah. this film, and it wasn't like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen, even though I knew exactly what was going to happen. But the motives and the reasoning for each of the characters was developed a lot more, which made me interested in what was happening and why they were happening. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a really good move because it's, you either have to choose one or the other. Well, you don't. Have have to choose one or the other but i mean you can't have this be a serious dark film with all these deep you know motives for all the characters whether it's Shere Khan or, or whatnot and also have it be totally hilarious and funny all the time yeah Which, yeah that's very true so, yeah yeah i felt so, like they did a really great job of picking oh what things yeah. they wanted to follow and picking the the Picking the elements of the of the 1967 version that they wanted to keep that everybody loved, you know, the different songs, the even the tune from you know the that very beginning when it starts out and it has the the theme music that came in at the very beginning, so it like brought you into that feeling of like, oh, this is what I love, and I just felt like it was just. I have so many good things to say about that, but that was, I felt like that was one of the biggest things that they had going for this movie is their choices that they made in what they kept and the choices that they made in what to expand upon. And what to go back to the book for, you know, I, yeah, I think yeah, they, yeah. Tr- they tried to take a little more from Rudyard Kipling's book. I, I think I, mm-hmm. I, of course, never read the book, but um, you know, uh, as, as most of you know, I'm really not a fan of these um, live action um, 
Disney adaptations and reboots and remakes that they're putting out. But because I love Jungle Book so much and because I was so impressed by the simplicity of the trailers and what I thought was going to happen with the film, um, I went and this film rocked. Like, the animals felt so real. And yeah. and um, this was brought up by one of our uh, writers and uh, pa- uh, Pablo. He said, you know what? I think that the Jungle Book should uh, actually, it could technically fit into the um, Academy Award category of best animated film. And hear me out. He's got a lot of good reasonings. For one, uh, we discovered that the, um, the end result of the animation was that it was keyframed. Uh, John Favreau, the director, he didn't want that uncanny valley look, apparently, with motion capture. And while they used motion capture as a base to build their character animation, as well you should. You should always use live-action footage or some sort of live-action reference point for animation. In the end, it was this expressive keyframed animation. And by keyframed, it means that it, the the animators basically helped the computer draw out every frame and directed the computer how to draw the characters. And um, for that reason, uh, and also the fact that pro- that I'm pretty sure that like 99% of the environments in the film were CG, that would make Mowgli and his dad the only live actors in the film. And I, I think that could qualify as an animated film. And man, like technology has just gone so far. And you can watch all sorts of cool videos on, on YouTube and stuff about them using hand puppets and placeholder animals that look really goofy. But I don't know how they pulled it off, but man, the relationship between Mowgli and the other animals felt real, and Very that's real. one of the huge triumphs of this film. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether Disney chooses to submit this as an animated film or others. Um, obviously, it it can go either way, because yeah. uh, the, the, re- the requirements for an animated film is that 70% of the film has to be animated, uh, or at least 75% of everything that's on screen has to be animated, and that very clearly happened here. And mm-hmm. then it has to be over 40 minutes, obviously, which to, so that way it's a feature-length film. And there's obviously a few other things, but really those are kind of like the two main things. Um, so I would be interested to see if they submitted this, and I wouldn't have any problem with it. I can see people being up in arms if that got announced. Uh, oh, I can't believe it's for animation, but it is animation. That's yeah. the thing. It just, it's just very realistic animation. But yeah animation nonetheless and what and sometimes um some studios will take motion capture and then put it into a a 3d package you know software and they'll tweak it to look a little more expressive and stylized and um that could be what they're talking about but i don't know it says they're in writing on some article for like wired or or some i don't know some big production publication that they went with 100 percent keyframed animation in the end and that's that's amazing. And I'm sure there's, um, and I'm sure that there's um, some like procedural animation, like scripting, like running run cycles and walks and stuff. And that's just that's just standard that happens all over the place. But anyway, I guess I'm just thinking out loud. But like, there's some parts like, um, you know, Bagheera, you know, voiced by Ben Kingsley, and he t- he totally fits um, when he's talking back and forth to Mowgli while they're walking and and journeying towards. Um, you know, the man village, it feels so natural. And I think part of it has to do with Ben Kingsley being very, surprisingly very talented with the voice acting, you know? Who would have thought he added in him? But he just sounds very natural talking to Mowgli. And that just makes me love Bagheera even more. Bagheera, again, was my favorite character in the film. He is very lawful. He follows rational 
laws, and he's and he's a realist, you know. Mm-hmm. Poor Baloo, he struggles so so hard to get up on that on that cliff to get to King Louis's joint, and Bagheera says something like, uh, "Oh, you made it, very good, old chap." All the characters just feel very natural and not cheesy. Mm-hmm. Baloo, <laughs> you don't um, even hibernate. No, I kind of but I take up, very long naps. I want to wrap up the the story points in the original film. You know, yeah, so yeah. obviously Mowgli gets kidnapped by the monkeys, and they want they want fire. He doesn't know how to make fire. They think this is shocking. Your man, you should know how to do this. Uh, he gets rescued. Um, then he gets upset with Baloo uh, because Baloo's telling him he has to go back to the jungle. He runs away. He hits Ka again uh, in his escape. Uh, he escapes from Ka, and then he hits the vultures, which are not seen in the new film. There's the whole vulture sequence, which is hilarious, and then the big standoff in sort the of the, standoff. In the field with Shere Khan. So anything from those scenes uh, before we talk about the end-end. Yeah, yeah. I like that stuff. Um, like, I love the his standoff with Shere Khan. It's like... It's kind of interesting because Mowgli isn't afraid of Shere Khan, but he should be, you know? Oh, I would be. Like, he's going to kill him. And I think at some point Mowgli realizes, like, oh, crap, this guy really can kill me. But at the beginning, it's just like, man, I'm going to come at you with a stick, you know? And Shere Khan is, like, this calculating guy who's been, like, planning this attack for forever. He's like, now I'm going to turn around and count to ten. One, Seven, eight, nine, ten. Two... You're trying my patience. Seven, eight, nine, ten, you know. And Mowgli just doesn't care. He's like, I'm going to pick up this stick and kill you, you know. <laughs> and I think it's interesting how it's like the innocence of Mowgli versus the evil of Shere Khan. And that Mowgli really would have met his demise if Baloo had not um, come to his aid, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Bagheera doesn't, Bagheera doesn't really help at all, does he? No, not really. Vultures kind of help. I'm just thinking about the scene at the end, but it's this eulogy for Baloo. Oh, <laughs> let us leave. Let us leave, Mowgli. This this is this is hallowed ground. <laughs> hey, Baggy, keep going. There's more, lots more. Oh He's my like, gosh. Beautiful. <laughs> oh man, really good. <laughs> There's just so many funny moments about this film. Yes, it's very simple. But it's it's really funny, and I think that trio just does a really great job of. There's a, there's a lot of um, good chemistry I, between all. Oh, three absolutely, of them. Bagheera and mm-hmm. Louis. Like, why you wouldn't marry a panther, would you? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Come to think of it, no panther ever asked me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, they have to take him away to the man village. He goes, he immediately he sees a female and eyes go whoop, whoop. <laughs> I'm good, see you later, bye mom. It's like kids, first day of school when you think, oh, he's going to be so sad, and then bye. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened with Mowgli. He was like, oh, she drops, her, um, she drops her scarf so that he'll come pick it up and go after him. But he's like, hey, she did that on purpose. <laughs> That's how I'm going to feel as like a father, like with my, my kids, like being around the opposite sex for around the time when they start getting interested, you know, and, uh, she did that on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) He's hooked. Anyway. So, um, 
Yeah, and then at the very end, a woman. There's, there's a reprise of Bare Necessities. And I love just the, how it ends. It's just them dancing, kind of. He's like, <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> and into the sunset they go. It's so cute. Oh, they're great. <laughs> go yeah. on. Go on. Come back. Come back. <laughs> oh. Oh, see, at this point, there should be several Disney uh, Disney characters that that make com- okay. If if you know how they do fan fictions of like these people commentating on this, but what if like it was Disney characters commentating on this scene? You know, Chifu would be like, "Tis a woman, she'll never be worth anything." <laughs> and then uh, Grumpy's over there in the back row. She's like, mm, "She's a female, full of wicked wiles." <laughs> Man, Mason sounds like a, a YouTube. Sketch for you to do. Oh, YouTube <laughs> sketch for me, huh? You can do all oh, yeah. voices. <laughs> Treacherous snake. That's <laughs> what she would say. Oh, <laughs> Ultimate dishonor! <laughs> oh. Your granddaughter was a cross-dresser! <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, yeah... <laughs> But yeah, I I really love the 1967 version. Like we would watch it all the time on VHS, and um, just it's like this like odyssey, this like bro trip from from crazy crazy character to crazy character, you know. And some of them want to kill Mowgli, some of them don't, you know. And um, obviously the lightheartedness is lost in the night in the 2016 version in this year's version. Yeah, but yeah. I still like the two. I wouldn't really compare the two. I, I don't know. I guess I would compare the two. I will give them the honor of comparing the two, but not from a criti- from a, a critical perspective. You know, I just think it's awesome. Like we said, how in this live action adaptation they kept the right things and took the right things out to make the movie that they wanted to make. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At first, I thought, oh. You know, when I saw the the new film, I thought, wow, they totally improved on all the these aspects of the 1967 version. But then going back and reviewing and talking about the 1967 versions, that I can't say that at all. I mean, they did certain aspects of backstory and plot and making a little bit more uh, elaborating on certain points. But the 1967 version is just so classic and funny and different. Yeah. Um, with the song, like I. I can't say that they've improved it or made it better. They just made a remake that actually was a remake that was different and wasn't just rehashing things we already knew. So it, it did truly improve in that way, in the fact that it was a remake. Yeah. Which I think was is a lot of people's concerns with these remake films is, okay, are they going to actually be that good? You yeah. Know, the film that we love oh so much, are they going to destroy it? Are they going to ruin it? And I don't say think that the 1967 version is ruined at all by this version. Mm-mm. It's just a different... And first off, this isn't Disney's story, which we do know there is another version of The Jungle Book coming out. It got pushed back. Uh, That's right. Um, Andy Serkis is involved in it, yeah, right? And that, yes. So that is going to be... It's Jungle Book Origins, and you know it's hard because this is public domain. The story, you know, the the original films, they're not a Disney. Just because Disney has probably the most popular or famous version doesn't mean they're the only person who can ever or the only entity that it can ever tell this story. And I think that's what these other studios are realizing that like, hey, we want to get on these awesome stories. Let us tell our version. Um, so it will be interesting because this has done so well. Uh, it's just 
destroying the box office and word of mouth for this film is um, very, very strong. Yeah. So I'm just, well, you know, you got the Bill Murray people, you know, that group of fans, (laughs) that group of people um, that, that love this film. And um, I think that Bill Murray's performance was one of my least favorites. My, my least favorite performance in the film was Christopher Walken as King Louis. Was I the only one who wasn't a fan of his portrayal? No, I disliked his portrayal very much. I thought um, that King Louis looked too much like Christopher Walken. I, I was like, they're like cheating. I, I thought it was okay. I just didn't like that he sang. I thought I, this yeah. is too serious of a moment. Why is he singing? I liked like, the I liked the bare necessities when they sang that. That made sense. It was lighthearted. It was fun. But I'm like, uh, now it just feels like they're trying to shoehorn the song just because it's a popular song. Right. And I felt like him doing it. Like, he did a really good job if they would have kept it going. If they would have kept it as him trying to be the godfather, I could have accepted that. And I've just been like, great, you know, that's kind of what it was. But Just bring in, uh, bring in the big, the, the shrew guy, Mr. Big from Zootopia. Mowgli, <laughs> I have to. You come into my temple, Mowgli. We broke bread, we broke banana together. <laughs> I just felt like him trying to sing. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt like him trying to sing. I mean, like we've we've heard Christopher Walken sing. I mean, oh, can we? Now we've seen everything. Now we've seen everything. But like the, oh my gosh, you've seen him sing. Like the the thing that I remember most when I think of Christopher Walken singing is I think of him in uh, they did Peter Pan live. And he was Captain Hook. And I was just like, no. <laughs> but wow. this kind of reminded me of that. And I, I didn't I'm, have a problem with his singing. I apparently have a lot more problems with That wasn't with singing. <laughs> that wasn't singing. That was whispering with style. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like he, the, the two styles contracted not in a good way. Like they just yeah, were, I, they didn't bend. Okay. Maybe I should rephrase it. I didn't like absolutely hate this King Louis. I just didn't like Christopher Walken's performance as King Louis as much as I liked Louis Prima. Now I understand that the tone of the movie is such that this probably wasn't meant to be a lighthearted sequence in the film, definitely. And I did love that he was this he was a gigantopithecus or something like that. He mentions in the song, and that was a that was an actual gigantic orangutan like creature from like the Pleistocene era. I don't know. Like things in the past were so freaking huge. (laughs) Like it's horrifying. A monkey that could just kill you. Well, I mean, monkeys can kill you already, but um, you know, but in, in numbers and riding horses with assault rifles, as we saw in rise of the planet of the apes, but (laughs) a gigantic pithecus was like this, like elephant sized orangutan. But anyway, um, I love that he was gigantic and that he was very imposing and, and very brutal trying to get to Mowgli and very, you know, scary. You know, he would give old Kong a run for his money, maybe. Um, so I like that aspect of him. I just felt like Christopher, they could have gotten someone else besides Christopher Walken. I thought they were just like, and here's Christopher Walken as Christopher Walken, you yeah. know? Yeah. So other things that I liked from the film... Uh, I liked how they took the, you know, the peace rock from yeah. the, the the novels mm-hmm. um, and reintroduced that. I thought that was a great central element to really 
get springboard the plot in motion mm-hmm. where, okay, like you have until this happens and other than I'm going to get them. Um, what know, a, what a great stuff. little, what a great little device. Mm-hmm. So simple. And it, it totally <laughs> plays little, into, like, little into their world. Another aspect I really liked, I liked how they really expanded the role of the wolves and how they oh, didn't go yeah. away after he left. So I I loved getting to see his relationship with his wolf mom and you know even the dad and the pack and how he felt even the little little gray that was so cute oh little gray oh little gray you know what was one of my favorite uh, scenes from that film was when Shere Khan walks up to the uh, wolf pack and he goes up that thing of rocks and he's very imposing and you're like what's he gonna do what's he gonna do and it builds up all his tension and it's like da 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 down. And he just plops down like and starts panting like a real cat. Like yeah. and they're just like and it's just like, Sup? Like, you know, <laughs> cool. What's up, man? You got you got beef? Shir Khan's like, awful ain't got beef. <laughs> we cool. We cool. But before I leave, I'm a, now I'm gonna let you finish. But <laughs> and then he kills Aquila, which was not funny. It was actually very scary and, and tragic. But um yeah. Oh, and then they um they uh you know, John Favreau took some license and decided that uh, the source material had too many men, and decided to um, <clears throat> expand Mowgli's uh, wolf mother a little bit. And so they definitely, they definitely approached a more expanded uh, side of Mowgli, but it didn't fully convince me. I didn't think that the love of his mother was at stake at the end. Like I didn't feel like anything was at stake with this like stronger bond and relationship with his wolf mother. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was cool that they put it in and um, balancing out the, the animal, uh, you know, the male and female animals in the film might've been one of the reasons why they cast um, what's her name? Scarlo. Scarjo. <laughs> um, I My said doppelganger. Scar- I said Scarjo on accident, but that's just because the J in Spanish is, is a huh <laughs> sound. And so I, I frequently revert to uh, to Spanish translation. Sure. I know nothing of her personal life or, or whatever, so I, I don't pass judgment. So Scarjo. Scarlett Johansson as Ka, which um, I didn't expect to last as fleetingly as it did in the film. What do you mean? First she was a black widow. Now she's a giant talking snake. Um she was only in the film for like two minutes. Seductive. Yeah. Now that's that's one heck of a VFX feat. Like, you know, uh, visual effects and special effects and animation is not cheap, and and that was such an amazing uh, setup that they had there. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't blame them to cut it short for budgetary reasons, so they could focus on the hero animals as they're called in the industry, or like the hero characters. Um, you know, and maybe her contract was such that she probably didn't have time or whatever, and. Uh, I don't know. There's all sorts of reasons, but I was just kind of a little disappointed that we didn't see more screen time yeah, with like Ol'ka. I feel like the only reason we had her was to introduce his backstory. Yeah. I'm like, well, how does she know the backstory? Does everyone in the jungle know the backstory, or does she just happen to be there? Um, it, it wasn't clear to me why she had to be this omniscient character who knew this. Right, but... because the god characters of this film are, the deity characters are the elephants. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. So, yeah, mm-hmm. really was her only point and purpose, and and I felt like they they did it because it's like, oh, we have to have Ka, you know. Yeah. 
He never Gotta came back. Come. We never saw her, you know, at the big congregation with all the animals. Nope. Mm-hmm. Well, which I get. I will it, hanging out in the tree. I will admit, can you imagine her character in Disney Infinity? <laughs> Just a snake. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I did like that they used her. When we saw the first teaser trailer for this live action Jungle Book, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I often am. I think that the first talking animal that we saw in the trailer was that money shot of Ka saying, trust in me. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that was a great way to establish that, the, yes, these are talking animals, but we're doing it in a non-cheesy way, and they're actually kind of scary because this looks real, you know? Mm-hmm. And I liked that. And I think Ka played an important part of the film. I just wish it was a little bigger. I don't know. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. I like Scarlett Johansson. What did y'all think? Oh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't have an opinion. I, I suppose. I um. What did you think of changing the elephants from what they were in the the animated film to the characters that they made for this one? Well, that's more in line with the the novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that they were kind of the originators of the forest and more seen on a different level than the other animals. So I liked that because, you know, again, it's taking elements from the novel, which were discarded for the Disney version. Um, so, again, adding something new. And I really just, I, I loved how just the different times he interacted with the elephants and when he, you know, makes his rope and, you know, he's up to his tricks and he makes his rope and he saves the little baby elephant from the little pit and they really do respect him from that point on Aww. and then ultimately help when him. When he comes him. out of the pit he's like, <laughs> oh, it's so cute. <laughs> so the only thing I did like about this is how we got to see re- uh, with Mowgli, like certain aspects of him and his innate nature of being a human or man were not seen as assets in the jungle, you know, using his brain, being intuitive, you know, creating things, whether it's weapons or tools. And we see how I liked how that was really put aside. He wasn't allowed to do that when he was with the wolves. But then when we went to Baloo, Baloo saw that as uh, an asset because it will help him get honey. And so he really encouraged him to be himself. And, you know, you can see how that's really appealing to someone like Mowgli this whole time you've been suppressed. Mm-hmm. And then you finally have someone who accepts you for, you know, your you and who you are and your skills. And, and he just thrives on that. And then, of course, look who benefits. And I, I love that whole honey scene. I thought that was a I loved how it was different than how we were introduced to Baloo in the, the 1967 version. Um, you didn't quite know how to accept Baloo at the beginning. Like is he is he actually his friend or is he just use like completely using him like really over the top? <laughs> oh, you mean Baloo? Yeah, and I felt you like know, I think there was I a mean, transformative moment for Baloo to stop thinking so much about himself and think about Mowgli, but but it, it really didn't it really didn't happen that way. Like it it wasn't very strongly communicated. Yeah. I think Baloo's thing is that he plays by his own rules. You know, obviously he's a bum. He doesn't work for himself. His entire character is an embodiment of abuse of the welfare system. And that, uh, he learns to um, he learns to follow the law of the pack. And he learns that that he can, you know, he can, you know, he can affect someone else's life for for good instead of just his. You know, but it, it, I didn't. It didn't. It wasn't very strong. But he had some good lines. You know. And then they have their little their little song, Bare Necessities in the River there. Oh, yes. 
That was cute. Other characters that were cut um, that we didn't see a lot of was the vultures. The vultures no were vultures. sort of there, but I'm really glad that they weren't there because the, really the only reason they were there in the animated film was just to be really kooky and to sing their song. And, and that, to, you know, they were originally going to be the Beatles. Yeah. But that's very not evident. Fit. <laughs> it's very evident. Yeah, yeah. It's very evident in their um, character were, designs and their voices. You know. Yeah. They was did that, have. They did have they vultures the in there. Is that a, or is that an urban legend? I don't know. This might be an urban legend, but I they. Think, I think they were originally meant to be modeled. the Beatles, but they couldn't sign for them, and but they kept the, like they couldn't sign on for the. They didn't sign on for the film eventually. Hmm. Need to research this. Maybe I don't know. I've learned recently that not everything you hear on IMDb trivia is is true, but well, but we'll see here. I'll I'll do a quick Google search. Jungle Book Beatles. Anyway, continue, Chelsea. Well, I mean, as far as the Bill Murray for him for Baloo, um, I the reason why I went to that was just because I see Ernesto in the chat talking about Baloo. It looks like a puppy dog, <laughs> and I was thinking Bill Murray. Um, with him, I just, I wasn't totally a fan, but I, I liked just how he kind of took it the way he wanted to with Blue, because Blue's so hard. You can't really, you can't do anything with Phil Harris. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't double him, and you can't try and be him without totally being him. So, I, so, I uh, According to this book um, by... This book by um, Sujay Kumar called 11 On-Screen Portrayals of the Beatles from the <laughs> Daily Beast, so take it for what it's worth. Um, Disney lightened up the film uh, by having the vultures bearing a physical and vocal resemblance to the Beatles, including the signature mop-top haircut. It was also planned to have the members of the band to both voice the characters and sing their song. That's what friends are for. However, apparently scheduling conflicts added to John Lennon reacting badly. That's very vague. What did John Lennon have like a fit one day and decided not to do it anymore? Leading uh, led the idea um, to be discarded, you know? Yes. Uh, so what you're reading is exactly what I'm reading on Wikipedia. So whoever. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm reading. And then I'm, I'm just oh. looking at the. Uh, I was going to say, I'm, they need to cite their sources. <laughs> they did. Source number 18. Sujay Kumar. Oh, I thought so, you said you were reading that on the Daily Beast. No, this is from. Like, all right, all right, well, apparently yeah. on it's the Daily confirmed. Beast. <laughs> yeah, so maybe, you know, it is the Daily Beast. But but anyway, why are we why are we bickering about this? <laughs> we have a podcast to get to. But anyway, <sighs> I do love the Beatles, and it wouldn't make sense for there to be these, like, photorealistic mop-top Beatles <laughs> vultures in the film. <laughs> well, they didn't have the vultures in there for, like, a brief second. Basically, just they, they have just some vultures, yeah. Well, yeah, they were there. They, were, they had vultures. They were always omnipresent, and they were floating yeah. above. Yeah. Death is always floating above. So the film ends. Uh, is there any other scenes you guys would like to talk about? We don't feel like we did, like, because we were splitting our time between two films, I don't feel like we really did, like, a, a super deep dive into either, but... Yeah, the, dude. I I liked the climax of the live action one with like the fire and stuff, and it is yeah. very like frightening. And what I like about the film is that one of the whole uh, points of it is that can Mowgli be accepted as a a man with his tricks? They call him. 
mm-hmm. his uh, he's like, don't hate me just because I have a frontal lobe and like higher capacity for memory. Uh, <laughs> what I like about the Jungle Book it is smart, that man. it doesn't skirt around the fact that not all animals are creative, created equal. They have their own mental capacities and uh, they very much make those distinctions. But anyway, the animals cannot comprehend Mowgli's um, technological prowess and he uses it to outsmart his uh, opponent. Classic animation. The protagonist can never physically overpower the main antagonist, but they can use their wits and their smarts and what previously everybody rejected them for to save Mm -hmm. the day. Oh, uh, this one is from Percy Lover123 on the chat. Uh, They ask, what do do you guys think of the actor for Mowgli? I thought he did a great job. I thought he had his shining moments, but he was still a little annoying. But like, I've never met a child actor that was or actress that was really good. So, yeah, so, yeah it I, wasn't I, bad. I thought he was quite good. There were certain element parts where I was like, hmm, you could tell he's a given child that actor. he, given that in real life he was talking to like blue screened hand <laughs> puppets with googly eyes. Um, he did a pretty dang good job. So, I, I reserve judgment. <laughs> I'm like. Hmm. So the movie ends where it's interesting. It doesn't go to the man village, which which is what we see in the ah. version. And immediately when I thought, well, we got to have our thought, sequels, you know. Sequel. Yep. Got to have our sequels. There is, you know, because of the success of this film, it has been announced, not officially announced, but it they have started work on a sequel to the film. Uh, Favreau is going to return. Is reportedly yes. going to return as the director. Um, a lot same with Justin Marks, the screenwriter. So I mean, what is it about I'm John? O- Fe- I'm okay with this. I'm so okay about, with this. What is it about John Favreau being this like, this like sneaky, stealthy, really good director? He's so good. I can't I mean, think of a like. I guess I'd have to look at a, a list of his of his films, but um, I can't really recall one that I really hated. No, I mean, okay. I loved the first Iron Man. Oh yeah, the first Iron, Iron Man. Let me, okay. Iron Man. let me read you his films. I loved Chef. Maid, Elf, Zathura, Iron Man, oh, Iron Zathura, Man 2, yeah. Cowboys and Aliens. Oh Chef, yeah, I loved that one. The Jungle Book. I loved Chef. I loved um, uh, I loved freaking um, he directed one episode of The Office apparently. <laughs> um, now I haven't seen Zathura. I I heard it was something like a. Uh, like a spacey Jumanji or something. Yeah. But of course, Elf, man. But anyway, I don't know what it is about. Like, obviously, there are probably critics out there who are like, oh, he's nothing. He's he's no Martin Scorsese. Oh. You know, but no like, either. but like, I I really can't. Maybe because he doesn't have a whole lot of material as as straight up director, but I like a lot of his films, and I thought he did a really killer job with this one. Yeah, I'm excited to see um, a sequel for this one because I think they're going to go into new territory. Other, uh, there is other Jungle Book novels. First one is called The Jungle Book. Second one is called The Second Jungle Book, and the third is called The Third Jungle Book. Uh, so there is quite a bit of different backstory and whatnot that or just stories about Mowgli. There's even, you know, Mowgli becomes a teenager. There's one story where he's 17 years old and still in the jungle. So there Sweet. is lots more Mowgli to go around, which I think is pretty cool um, uh, that it took that shift from what we were kind of expecting. This whole time the movie was, you got to take you home, got to take you home. Um, actually, but I, yeah. I, I don't think it was trying to hit that beat as much as the 1967 version. I feel like Bagheera was always hounding um 
Mowgli in the original, like, we got to go home, we got to go home, we got to get out of here, we got to go home. And I felt that we didn't see that as much because he was separated from Bagheera, I think, Bagheera. a little bit longer. Uh, that, I don't know, he just, that wasn't the driving Yep. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. And I was a little disappointed that they didn't take Mowgli to the man village because that would have been ch- such a great um, self-contained saga in one movie. Mm-hmm. But, of course, we live in the era where everything has to have a sequel. We have to leave everything open for the purposes of selling more tickets. The original and, um, has a sequel, and now this one is going to get a sequel. So there we go. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, Disney has done quite a few uh, Jungle Book films over the years. It's done, obviously, the 1967 version. They've done The Jungle Book 2, which is a sequel to that. came out in 2003. Uh, the live-action versions that they've done, they've done Rudyard Kipling's The Jungle Book. That's the 1994 version we were talking about. There is a direct-to-video 1998 version called The Jungle Book Mowgli Story. Oh, this that's time, right. This version of the Jungle Book, and then Marissa now... was watching this not too long ago. <laughs> oh, she was. She was. Well, there was a there was an animated sequel to the Jungle Book. Right. Did y'all watch? Did you watch Jungle that? Book too. I mentioned that. Two thousand. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was. Yes, tripping. I've seen it. I've I've seen it, but I don't remember it. Marissa watched oh, that one as well. Kish. Yeah, what, I have it. What's What's at stake in Jungle Book Two? Like. Yeah, you know, it's been a while. So he 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 he's in the fidget, he's in the village, and he doesn't really like being in the village because you oh. know he can't be himself, the wild version. And so he does go back to the jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, so so the jungle to jungle. Yeah, he's of course reunited with Baloo, and then you know his family's worried for him, and so his stepsister Shanty uh, goes oh, to the Shanti, jungle. Shanti. So the two of them are kind of you know, discovering the jungle together. So it's stupid. You know what? That just kind of sounds like Scamp's adventure. (laughs) Which, you know, is very understandable because that was kind of the exact same story all of these sequels had around that time. Yes. Yeah. I reached my place, but I don't like it there. So I'm going to go back to the original place that was so popular. Yeah. You know what they should do is uh, make it kind of like Hooked. And in the next live action film, Mowgli has... Um, grown up a little bit in the man village and all of a sudden all these animals start showing up and talking to him and he has to relearn that he was once the great Mowgli, the great, the great trickster Mowgli and um, he has to like go back in the jungle, you know, I don't know. So That, that sounds so lame. <laughs> so so don't do that. So don't, don't do that. Do that. Don't listen to me. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So let's rate both of these films. Ooh, both the animated and the live action. Oh boy. You Y'all know, go first. Y'all go. Uh, just for classic I don't know. I don't know. That's so hard. I give the uh, the the follow up, the live action version five stars. Just because I well four and a half. The only thing that I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you was the was the whole um Christopher Walken apart. But other than that, I felt like everything in that movie was so well done and just everything was improved upon right where it needed to be and it made a a place for itself. So I felt like that was perfect. Um, The original or, you know, 1967 version, um, I felt that one's just so 
has such a warm spot in my heart that it's hard to give it anything less than five stars, but I'll probably stick with four and a half for both of them. So. Yeah. Four and a half for both of them, huh? Yeah, I'm going to give four and a half for both, too. Like, I think they are great films on their own level for different reasons, and, you know, obviously... The 1967 version, it's very humorous and funny and, and some well, somewhat simple, but I do think it tells a great story. Um, the animation, while <laughs> simplified and reused at times, is still great. The characters are great. Songs are great. The new version, like Chelsea said, really did amplify certain elements of the original while still carving its own path and being its own film. So four and a half all around. Yeah. I think I'll do four stars for both. Although I'm tempted to do four and a half, but like based on my like spectrum of what makes a, you know, I don't know. I I think I'm constantly having to adjust with Lion King, which would which is you know the perfect 2D animated film in my opinion. All hail, and uh, I really liked the new live action one. I don't want to give so high a rating as to make my expectations really high or really low for the next one. So I still think Disney can do better than what they did with Jungle Book. I, I'm still waiting for them to really, um, really nail it with these live action adaptations. And uh, so I'll, I'll wait for that. But I really enjoyed the live action one. Like I was, I, I was so surprised by how much I enjoyed it, and it was a pleasant surprise. And um, I love the animated, the old animated film, definitely. Trust in me. Holy crap. Ten. So thank you for sending in voicemails first and foremost. And we will do our mystery caller, which is a carryover from last week. We will start there. Here we go. Hey, Rose Scarfers. Long time no talk. Just thought I'd give my opinion on the new Jungle Book. Like, Like you, Chelsea, I was unsure about going into this film. But once I got into it, I totally remembered everything. I even started to sing Fair Necessities um, when I heard the first few bars. Bill Murray as Baloo, perfect. Um, Sher Khan going from a uh, emotional villain to being a physical villain. You actually felt and seen his presence in the jungle and um, the expansions here and there were a nice touch too. The only downside I had was um, <clears throat> was that he didn't quite I didn't like how the the whole animal path at the watering hole were like who's this kid? You know, that was the only gripe that I had because by the time Mowgli is the ace that we see him, the whole jungle knows who this guy is. And so the fact that the animals didn't know who, not all the animals knew who he was. Kind of brought that down a bit, but overall, the plot was good. Christopher Walken's as King Louie, not the person you would expect, but once you hear him, perfect. Everything about this film was great. It's what a remake should be. And I'm hoping that the newly announced Peter Pan follows in its footsteps and Peach, the new Peach Dragon as well. 
Have a good day, guys. I'm glad you enjoyed the movie, or um, hopefully you at least enjoyed it. Have a good day. Bye. All right. Well, thanks, mystery person. I don't know who sent that one. Neither do I, because they didn't say their name. Oh, <laughs> the mystery, mystery caller. <laughs> All right. Well, mystery caller, thank you so much. I think one of the reasons why the animals didn't recognize Mowgli is because they came from miles around because this was the only source of water. And so these might be newer animals who hadn't met Mowgli. But you're right. It, it's this kind of this weird kind of disconnect there. All right. Next one. All Let's right. go. Let's keep these Our voicemails next one moving. is Jenny. Yay. New caller. Hi, Rotoscopers. So my name is Jenny, and I just wanted to give you guys my quick review for The Jungle Book. I would All probably right. give it a 3.5 to 4 out of 5 stars. I did really, really like it. It super exceeded my expectations. Um, but there was one part um, that really bugged me, which I'll get to in a second. I'll say what I liked first. Um, I really liked the whole car scene. I think that they generated that whole aspect of that movie really really well um and i loved the cat fight um between bagheera and shere khan that was oh, yeah. absolutely amazing and stunning animation and just to even think that this whole movie was pretty much filmed on a blue screen is amazing um but the part that really turned me off of it was actually the king louis scene and i don't know if it's because i um used to be a primate keeper but just he was so out of proportionally big that it oh, really well... really bugged me that whole scene because all the monkeys were actually super out of proportion <laughs> but, um, okay. so that really bugs me and I really wasn't a fan of the song um, but that's my quickie review um, I love you guys thank you for everything you do can't wait to hear the Jungle Book review a was that a rhyme keeper. at the end? Wow. <laughs> she, well, she was at the monkey house <laughs> she well, knows her stuff well Jenny by now you know he's a, gi uh, he's a gigantopithecus he, he's a species thought to be extinct and he's a giant derangetang is what i call him but <laughs> uh we we trust your judgment in that maybe the monkeys had been exaggerated for the sake of the mood of that sequence it it always it's always disheartening to see something that you're very passionate about or very fairly and very informed on and to see it misrepresented in in cinema i know how you feel our next one is from josh josh Hi, this is Josh, and I have to say I really did enjoy the Jungle Book that we got this year, along with the one that Disney created as his final project. And for me, my favorite character would have to be the hypnotic, sweet-talking car. And now, here's a quick question I want to ask you, along with a Disney conspiracy theory that I believe in. So here's Disney the question. Conspiracy theory. Disney villain... Would you like to hear sing you a lullaby if you were still just a baby or just having trouble sleeping? And now for the Disney conspiracy theory that I believe in. I have to say that characters like Simba, Skull, Zira, Ariel, Ursula, Flotsam, and Jetsam are not party trained at all because of just how beautiful and dashing they look because if I was with them, I would still fall in love with them for how beautiful they look, not because they smell good. So, <laughs> what do you think? 
Please tell me your honest feelings, and if you don't want me to ever leave you anything like that Disney conspiracy theory again, just let me know, and I never will. So I can't wait to hear this on the podcast. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Josh, thank you so much for your voicemail, man. I love it. So uh, your question first. So um, I would have to choose a villain who has a very sweet voice, you know, that that I haven't, you know, who's someone who has a very, very sweet voice, probably Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. Like if she yeah. sang a song, I would probably, I would probably find it very kind of deep and, and melodic and, and things like that. And so, um, and then as far as your Disney conspiracy theory, you know, uh, Mufasa says that when we die, our bodies become the grass, but he never tells Simba if they're, when they poop, their poop becomes the grass. <laughs> and so is it all connected to the great <laughs> circle of life? And so I, I don't know. And and they may look clean, but we all know that animals in the wild are filthy and smell horrible. Just go to any zoo. And so, I don't know. I'd have to think a little bit more about your theory, but I think you've, uh, I think you've made some good points with that. It's, it's off to a great start. I love a good Disney conspiracy theory. I, actually, I do and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they keep sending them. <laughs> All right, our next one is from Kurt. Hey, Rotoscopers. This is Kurt from the Oregon Trail again. It's not like the game. I just wanted to leave you guys another voicemail real quick, saying thank you for responding to it. At first, I heard the Princess and the Frog episode, and I didn't hear my voicemail, and I thought, oh, you know, the Rotoscopers, they've hit the big time. They don't don't pay attention to the little folk anymore. (laughs) But uh, I was really surprised when I heard my voice. My heart skipped a beat. So thank you, Chelsea, Morgan, and Mason. Uh, I just had some suggestions maybe for some future episodes about doing a Gumby film. I believe they did a movie. Oh, and Gumby. I feel like he's neglected a lot. I really love him. It is. And also, I, I remember you guys talking about the Muppets and how it's considered animation. And I would love it if you could review a movie. From that, I, I watched Muppets Treasure Island for the first time last week. I thought it good was choice. very, very funny, very good. Good choice. And could you please bring back those two quotes you always say? The, you know, we're from two different worlds, and the, <laughs> and that's why you don't join the circus. I just, I don't know. I love those. <laughs> I, I crack it every single time I hear it. Anyway, man. Oh, man. Uh, people. Have a wonderful day, and thank you so much. Everybody, the Rotoscopers listen to you. I'm proof. Thank you. Bye. Well, now we've listened to you twice, and now your heart is skipping even more beats. So, uh, you know, careful <laughs> there. You know, get a pacemaker <laughs> or something. But, you know, keep yourself alive to watch more episodes. So I totally agree. that Between The Simpsons and Arrested Development, that is all the comedy you need right there for the rest of your life. There's always money in the banana stand. No touching! But anyway, um, and that's why you don't scream. But anyway, um, very, very good. I I loved Muppet Treasure Island. I love Muppets from Space, but um, Muppets from Space a little more. But, but man, um, I, I think eventually we'd like to get into um, reviewing the Muppets. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Would y'all? No. It is the illusion of life. 
Yeah, yeah. A lot of people will argue, oh, it's not really animation because it's not Pixar. But I would argue that, um, you know, Puppetmation and Suitmation uh, could be, uh, not to be confused with Puppet Mason and Suitmation, those, that, those happen on Mondays and Sundays, uh, respectively. But uh, <laughs> um, Puppet Mason would be awesome. We should have a puppet episode where we, like, have the cameras over here and we have little bags. <laughs> Like hello there, I'm Mason. <laughs> the days not looking our best. Just bring <laughs> yeah. up puppets. Uh, all right, so anyway. that that was Kurt, correct? That was Kurt. That's correct. Okay, next up is Laura. Hi, Rotoscopers. This is Laura giving my review on the Jungle Book, animated version. Five out of five stars. Whoa. Great music. Great nostalgia factor. Terrific animation. Phil Harris is Baloo. Honestly, you can't go wrong with this movie. 2016 live version, three out of five stars. Once again, the music is amazing. Love the Scarlett Johansson singing Cause song. Christopher Walken as King Louie took me out of the movie a little bit. Quite honestly, he was too gigantic. Reminded me of King Kong. I was hoping for a few more elements of the actual Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling in this version hoping it would stay a little more true to the story, but I guess the ending is a little too gruesome in the book version to make it into a Disney movie. Um, oh. Also, a oh, more. Okay. quick review on the 90s live version. Oh, 90s. That Mowgli was really good looking. Yes, he was oh. good looking. That's all I got about the Jungle Book. Thanks, guys, for the great podcast. Keep up the good work. Bye. Hi, uh. Laura. Wow, you should consider being a voice actor. You have a, a, a voice actress. She has a very clear, expressive voice. Oh, nice. But uh, as a person who talks a lot, I, I like how you talk. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm sorry that you were a little disappointed by the live-action one. I think your three out of five star rating still indicates that you enjoyed it, but you had some trepidation about it. But I'm glad that you were such a fanatic of uh, the animated version. I think that's a great one to be a fan of. All right, so I'm going to send this from uh, Ryan... He sent in two that we're just going to play this one. So it's his review of the film. Hello, Rotoscopers. Ryan Pareto here with my voicemail review for The Jungle Book, both the 1967 and 2015 versions, respectively. I'm just going to lump them together real quick. The animated version, Timeless. You can't go wrong. Five out of five stars, really. And this is wow. just for me because me and my friends, pretty much any animation fan, you hum a few bars, and they can goof off with you and sing along with any of the songs in that film. It's true. Now, fast forward to 2016. Good Lord, how far we have come from the days when Mr. Ed was getting peanut butter shoved in between his jowls to make <laughs> that little talky talk movement to these amazing representations of CG animation with these animals. I mean, Black Panther, Tony the Tiger, Brother Bear, all in full 3D. That's a joke. I know their names. But I was amazed. Everything looked amazing. I'm not even sure that kid was real. Although he was adorable. Mowgli was CG. I, well, just, um, wow. I mean, how amazing this film looked. I would have given it a 5 out of 5. The narrative... Not not as nice for me, but I enjoyed it and appreciate it. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. And thank you guys for all you do. All right. Yeah, thank Ryan. you, man. 
Ryan's amazing. <laughs> Ryan also sent another voicemail, uh, basically chastising the Roto Council for not doing uh, Ratchet and Clank. He said he was at Disneyland listening to, or Disney World listening to the show when he heard the news, and he was very, very tragically upset. And we oh, turned man. the happiest place on earth to a very <laughs> sad place. So my goodness, sorry, Ryan. <laughs> sorry man. I don't I know where to everyone. <laughs> Everyone's a critic. All right, so we do have uh, Mark, Rachel, and Sarah left, which are our pretty regular callers. Should we just do them all? Let's just do them all. Let's just do them. Mark, I mean, you're next. Hey, Morgan, Mason, and Chelsea. It's Mark. How you guys doing? Hey, you guys Hi, are reviewing the Jungle Book today, both the animated one and the uh, live action one that just came out. Uh, I won't be attending the uh, podcast today as. I haven't seen the live action one yet, so I don't want to be spoiled. But I just thought I'd still send a voicemail and say how much I enjoyed the animated film as it's, my, I think, on my top five favorite animated Disney films of all time. Uh, the question I have for you guys is regarding uh, the Warner Brothers adaptation of Jungle Book that's supposed to come out in 2018, the motion capture one with... Uh, Andy Serkis, Benedict Cumberbatch, Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, etc. My question is, are you guys looking forward to that adaptation of uh, The Jungle Book? Or do you think it's too soon after the one that came out this year to have another one in 2018? Uh, looking forward to your answers. Thanks. Bye. So I think it's just poor timing, um, the fact that they were so soon after, or so close together. Um for them and I think it was very smart that they pushed it back I don't know to 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 have it come out in 2018 I don't think it's I think people will be okay with it and like if they're excited about seeing another Jungle Book movie they'll see it yeah I mean uh, it'd be interesting to to get a different perspective on it you know mm -hmm. there's not going to be any singing there's not going to be you know Baloo is good we're going to have a very different vibe to him you know but but we'll see. I I don't know. I, I think that Benedict Cumber who is Benedict Cumberbatch cast as? I'm betting he's Shere Khan. I'd have to look it up, which I'm not going to do right now because we have too many voicemails. Let's I'm go. Going to, we're going to Sarah. <laughs> we're <next>. moving forward. <laughs> oh, I'm the king of the swingers. Oh, the jungle is my IP. Hi, Morgan Mason, Chelsea. It's Sarah slash Princess Morgan here to leave a review for your Jungle Book podcast um i haven't seen the new one yet i'm i love everything about the original i think it's definitely one of the best and you can really feel the disney magic in this one um i need to rewatch the original before the podcast but yeah i think it's a really solid the original is a really solid movie um i'm gonna give it a 4.5 stars out of five that's okay out of ten no that's not that's not a good rating um but yeah, bye, Morgan and Chelsea. I love you. Thanks, Sarah. Aww, we love you. That was great. Sarah. Next one, last one is Rachel. Hi, Rotoscopers. This is Rachel. I just wanted to give you my thoughts on the Jungle Book. I uh, love the original uh, 1967 classic, and I think what makes it work is that it is very tightly edited. So you just go from one song to one song to one song song and the songs are great. So that makes it work for me. I really don't like the ending though. I feel like it's such a cop out to have him be hypnotized by the girl and leave a 
and Bagheera. That I don't like it. But in the new one, I think the ending's much better. I really like the kid they got from Ogly. I thought he was really good. I liked all the voice casting. I really enjoyed it. Uh, of course, it looks beautiful. I the only thing it didn't work for me quite is that I thought the middle dragged a little bit uh, with the getting the honey and the other stuff, and I felt that the songs didn't quite work. And I didn't like uh, King Louis so mean. Uh, and I just kind of wish that it was more of a family film because the old one you could watch with your whole family. And this is definitely too scary for some kids, I think. Yeah. So that's my only concern. I wish it was just a little bit more of a family film. But I really enjoyed it. So thanks. I don't know, man. I always like to have a little, you know, put the put the fear in the kids. I like it. Kids can be scared. It's fine. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It's it's a pretty scary film, the live action one. It's It's obviously not for all children, but I'll, I'll I'll have my little man cub watch it. Oh, yeah, like this, well, is, and that's why you don't run around in the jungle. Look for the bad necessity, the simple bad necessity. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bad necessity, old mother nature's recipe. That brings a bad necessity. Thank you to everyone who sent in voicemails. That was quite a lot of voicemails. And I think because this was such a these are such popular films, people wanted to get their thoughts and reviews in. So thank you everyone for sending in voicemails. You can send us your voicemail for our next episode, which is at rotoscopers.com slash voicemails. Or you can give us a ring at 406-646-6575. Chelsea had to leave. She actually is going to be seeing the new Captain America film. And I kept telling her, like, you gotta go. You need to go. They're gonna give you away your seat. Chelsea, please leave. And so Chelsea is officially out so she can go see the movie and she'll be reviewing it for the site. Um, as for this episode, if you are not watching live, uh, our next episode is going to be a patron pick. And I'm really excited for this one. It's going a completely different direction. We're not in the jungle anymore. We're not Disney anymore. We are in Don Bluth land for Titan AE. Ooh, so hello. That is Angela's pick. So we will be no, no, no. That's Hannah's pick. And after that, we are going to be doing Angela's pick. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm so sorry, Angela. We won't be doing yours yet because after Titan AE, we will be doing the Angry Birds movie, and then after oh, that, right. we'll do Angela's pick, which is Song of the Sea. So those are the next three episodes. For, so you guys can start watching the films, get ready. Of course, if you'd like to rent the films, we have our Amazon affiliate link and iTunes link. They will be at the bottom of rotoscopers.com, along with I will in the next two days update the schedule for everybody, so uh, you can rent the the shows there which is a great way to not only support the show, I mean, it's just a few dollars to rent, or uh, you can do all your shopping using our Amazon affiliate link. So thanks guys for all the support. And thanks for joining us for this episode. Thanks to the patrons and the Roto Council who helped pick this film. I was, ex these films, I was really excited to review these two. And uh, I'm just really excited for Disney that this has been, this new version has been such a success. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, rotoscopers.com slash 122 is where you can find all the show notes for this episode and you can also join the discussion there so if you were not joining us live for the Roto Council as I guess we are going to call the chat now um, you can join us there and give us your review and your discussion about these two films so before we go any last words Mason 
Uh, this was a fun episode. We uh, we love our uh, supporters here on the chat, and thank you for sticking with us. And um, yeah, we love you guys a lot. I like that we have our own like little chat culture going on. You know, they're not they don't care about what we say anymore. They're just here to hang out at the party. You know, they have their own stuff going. They on. have their own things, and sometimes it's going so fast I can't even read it and keep no. up. So I just make I just make snide, sarcastic comments like I always do, and I. I react to funny things that they say because some of our listeners are pretty hilarious on the chat. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And until next time, we, we are, are the Rotoscopers. Rotoscopers. Yes, so well with two. You know, and uh, did I just hear a sound bite of your own? Oh, no, that's my... Um... My phone was ringing. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, silence it during the podcast. Sorry. Silence. Sorry.